I can think back to when I was that mama and I was having daughters and I was, I was a little afraid. How do I, how do I pass on this understanding of, of femininity? And I don't really understand it myself, but I know there's something more. Welcome to Mother Birth. I'm your host, Melissa Reeves, and I'm a holistic coach, doula, and healer. Join me and inspiring guests as we share the stories, wisdom, and transformation of motherhood and invite you to step courageously down the path of your own birth as a mother. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mother Birth Today. I'm so excited. I've got a special friend and guest joining me today, and I'm going to be sharing something from my heart that I'm so excited about, something that I'm working on. We're going to get into that. In this episode, I'm actually collaborating with this friend, and just to give you a little bit of backstory, I have um, Jessica Connolly with me today on the show, and she's a mom, a coach, a doula, and we met about a year ago um, while my family was traveling full-time. We had come down to San Diego to um, just to visit some other friends that we had met while traveling, and We met this family through them. So Jess is the mom of four daughters. And when we ended up moving to San Diego a few months ago, which some of you guys know that we traveled for a a little over a year, and then we actually ended up in San Diego and we're living in um, intentional community here. We actually live with another family and then we live close to a couple of other families on purpose so that we can really Um, live day-to-day life together. And so Jess and her family is one of those families, and that's how we know each other. We've been doing life side-by-side for the last six or seven months, something like that. So Jess, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, hi. I'm so excited to be here with you and to get to have this conversation. So Melissa mentioned I have four daughters and a husband. And a husband. And my oldest just turned 12. And I have an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-and-a-half-year-old who's mm-hmm. actually BFFs with your Etni. Yes. And we live in Ocean Beach, and Melissa mentioned we do life together and are navigating what community looks like. Um, and But primarily, one of those things is learning how to raise daughters together, which mm-hmm. we'll get to talk about more. Um, but I've been a birth doula for about eight years, and my experience attending women in birth has actually led to a coaching career that basically I see very similar to birth, but I get to attend women in the birth of their spiritual life, their ideas, their dreams. Mm. So those are really tied for me. And I see coaching much like I do birth, attending women in that raw, wild time of life where ideas are being born. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think, uh, you know, aside from the the parenting in in relationship with each other, I think that's one of the things that really drew me to you is that connection because I think that for me, as I've moved into the world of coaching, it's really also been that kind of that focus of where does our spiritual energy come from? Where does our creative energy come from? How do we actually be in tune with that? And how do we see these things that we want to ma- that we want to do and be? How do those actually manifest in the world? And so I love I love the way you um, have even talked about you know midwifing women in in those seasons of of birthing something that's not you know we we obviously think about the birth of a child as as something that. Um, that we want that support as we go through that transition, but there's there's so much more. There's so many other transitions mm-hmm. that we go through in life that um, we really birth something, mm-hmm. and that support is essential. So tell us a little bit about how you came into doing that work. How did you transition from doula work to coaching? Yeah, well, um, let me go back a little bit and say, um, as it relates to raising four daughters, which has been for the last 12 years, a primary focus of my life. Mm -hmm. So it has absolutely changed the way that um, I see the world. It's changed um, the focus of my career. Um, And when I I came into birth work, I did so because getting pregnant and having my own daughter at age 28 was the first time I ever felt really connected to my own body. Mm. And it completely floored me. It was, it captivated me. And so I, um, I knew that I had to, 
I had to pursue that. And so um, it was this it was this wild power that I sensed and I saw in the women that I attended that really drew me. And it mm-hmm. actually drew me towards attending women in other form, other outside of the birth room and in other areas of their life, because I thought, gosh, if women can can actually manifest that kind of power and carry that kind of power when they're giving birth, like this power exists elsewhere, mm-hmm. and I want to find it. I want to find it in just myself. for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's really where I discovered the breadth of feminine power and wanted to really dive into that. And so that is what led me out of the birth room. And really into the everyday lives of women where, you know, I, get, I see myself as a midwife getting to um, help awaken that in women um, in all kinds of all areas of their life. So as mm-hmm. mothers, as um, entrepreneurs, as, um, you know, spiritual beings, um, that power exists. And so um, I, see, I see my job as helping women connect with that power and, be, and learn how to wield it in, in their everyday life. Right. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I obviously feel the same. And, and, you know, for me, I, my transition to motherhood was so similar. It was, I had experienced a lifetime of shame and disconnection from my body. And, and my, the birth of my son, Aiden, who's 10 now was a very transformational experience. For me, it really, it really, illuminated how disconnected I was and that began a several year journey of of finding my way you know and healing and and as people who have listened to the show know um you know that that journey really took new shape when when my son Rowan was stillborn a few years later and that was like the the moment of like what am I going to do am I going to heal or am I going to to not Mm -hmm. and and so that that journey for me then leading to the birth of my daughter Etni two and a half years ago um, was so profound and now this <laughs> raising a daughter like you said is just this this next level invitation to what does it look like to embody this connection and to be in tune with who I really am as a woman and own my feminine power so so let's talk a little bit more about that part of your journey you mentioned you know you you were 28 and your first daughter is born and you're like you're seeing this both within yourself and you know and the potential around you for the first time what did it look like to start walking you know in that direction and and choosing that as a path yeah well first of all I'll say when I found out I was having a girl I unraveled because I had no idea how to be a mom to a daughter it Mm -hmm. felt very scary to me partly because I hadn't yet deconstructed and rebuilt my own understanding of femininity. Um, So that was my work to do. And I felt the urgency of it because I had a daughter. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to have three more daughters, which just (laughs) compounded the the urgency. But also I just felt this deep sense of responsibility and calling and and honor and getting to raise these four women. Mm. And so that really, I think, changed the course of my life. And it it was a ton of accountability for me to really dig into um, what is feminine power? What am I going to teach my daughters mm-hmm. that's different from what culture is going to teach them? And, and how maybe am I what you were raised with. And yeah. what I was raised with. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do, do better for my daughters? Mm-hmm. And so that, is, that, that started me on the path of um, family formation, essentially. How can we be intentional with our girls to um, raise them in a way that gives them an understanding of femininity that is larger than what culture gives. Because what I've noticed and what I notice with myself is that the, the, def- the cultural definition of feminine was always too small for me. Yeah, I was a, a wild little thing. And so when I um, you know, made my transition into womanhood, um, the, the definition out there of femininity was not something I could fit myself into. It right. just didn't work. It wasn't an option. And so I rejected it altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that part of my journey was a really important one as I think about, okay, what, what then can I do different for my four daughters so that they have an understanding of femininity that is actually going to make their world bigger and not smaller? Mm. Yeah. It's, 
I think one of the things that you, any, <laughs> if you spend a day with Jess, you realize that this is how she has lived her life. Like she is not just talking the talk, she's walking the walk. Mm-hmm. And, the way, and the way you raise your daughters and the way you are with them and the, and the ways that you have offered them a, a perspective and a dialogue that is so much broader than what, you know, what our daughters are getting in this world is so beautiful. And, and mm-hmm. it's very, it's captivating to use the word that, that you used when you were, when you sort of saw this wild feminine power and its potential for the first time that was captivating to you. Mm. It's captivating to watch you oh, parent your you. daughters because, because you do that in, in such a, such a powerful way. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's part of what has spurred this conversation, mm. why we're, why we're here today, why we're talking about this. And, and Jess, you obviously have four daughters and, and older daughters as well. Um, and for me, having just, just the one younger daughter, I feel so compelled by this same thing that you're describing, which is like, how can I give my daughter something different? How yeah. can I give her something better? And it's been so clear to me from day one that what I give her doesn't start when she's 10 or 11 or 12 or when she gets her period. Mm-hmm. It starts now. It's something that it's a way that we live our life. It's a way that we that we show up for each other. It's a way that I do my own work mm-hmm. so that what she sees in me is something that she wants, right? Yeah. Because that's so much of it. I mean, for me, I didn't want what my mother represented. I wanted nothing to do with what she represented. And I and I was similar to you. Femininity was like, if, you know, if my mom's the version of femininity, then I don't want that. And then, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a pretty uh, fundamentalist Christian environment. And so every other version of femininity that, you know, in, embodied any kind of sensuality or sexuality was completely, you know, off the table. And so that wasn't an option. So what's left, right? I'm right. just going to have to be a tomboy. Right. And, and that's something that obviously we've, we've talked a lot about even that language and how that sort of creates a, um, a limitation on what we see as actually the range of the feminine, right? So I'm, I'm so excited to, to explore this more with you. Um, so tell me a little bit about like the, the urgency that you've been feeling even recently that's kind of led to us having these conversations. Yeah. So like you, I also feel like these conversations have to start early. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've, I've been doing my, well, because I'm a doula, my kids, whether they like it or not, have been exposed to birth and photos of birth and talk about birth for years Mm -hmm. and women's bodies and things like that. Um, But my oldest, who just turned 12, is right on the cusp of her transition to womanhood. And so the urgency that I feel is because of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing, you know, as, as I've been doing my best, but I also feel this like, oh, these conversations are so important. And did I do enough? Did Mm -hmm. we have enough conversations about what this is going to be? And, um, and they're, they're tough to have because at around that time, especially in the last six months, she has definitely gotten more private Mm. and she's definitely, you know, not as open to some of the conversations that, that we have. And so I'm having to find new ways to connect with her. Mm -hmm. And I'm also exploring what else, what else might be there besides just a conversation with, you know, a 10, 11, 12 year old about how they're going to bleed. Right. Um, and how they can get pregnant now. And, and how now they can get pregnant. When, yeah. And sex is not something a 10, 11, 12-year-old girl normally wants to talk about with her parents. Mm-hmm. So um, that has led us to really dive in to what else is there. Because if we lead with that, you're, you're going to bleed and now you can get pregnant. You just cut off, you cut off connection. Yeah. Because that's a really hard thing to internalize when you're that age. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm exploring different ways to talk about the cycle, to talk about femininity, and this is what we're going to get into more today, that is going to draw her in and under. And and so hopefully she doesn't see this as a limitation, but she actually is going to see it as this invitation to this way of being that is actually really wonderful, and it's a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the the heart of the work Mm -hmm. that I've been doing with women and, and seeing that like <laughs> knowing how how much it, it can feel like an, an effort to to go through that work and all the deconstruction that it requires because of the ways that we've lived our lives for decades leading up till now I see the possibility in raising daughters so that this is just their this is just their framework their like normal. it's it's not even it's not even like 
something that feels um, they don't have to like work to understand it. They don't have to. It's just part of how they're digesting the world around them and their own experience of it. Right. So that's I think I love I love what you just said seeing and anticipating womanhood not as a limitation but as an invitation right there's this there's there's this leveling up of what you have access to there's this this opening right it's it's a really really beautiful way to to see it and 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 that's how I experience it now Mm -hmm. um and wish that I had had that opportunity earlier earlier so much earlier I mean you know so much earlier yeah yeah so how do you feel about um as you've got this daughter on the cusp, as you said, and then you've got these younger daughters who are, you know, there's sort of like these different layers of, of opening and understanding and ability to kind of bring them along in this, even though it's like, traditionally, we wouldn't think about having a, you know, a five-year-old being like, okay, it's now it's time to start bringing them into this conversation. But this, this kind of way of seeing it reframes that it's like, how can I, how can I um, bring my daughters into this from the very beginning in, in ways that are age appropriate and help them to really embody this way of seeing themselves? How, do you, how are you experiencing that with the, the range of ages that you have? Yeah, well, the conversations that happen with my oldest, um, there's times I can pull her away and we can talk in a little bit more detail. But for the most part, there's not many conversations I, I won't have with my five-year-old and my eight-year-old. Yeah. So, you know, even exposing them to my own cycle, my own blood, Mm -hmm. not hiding it, for instance. Um, And I don't hesitate to talk about the cycle or or cycles in general, you know, Mm -hmm. connecting connecting my cycle as a woman or or the the cycle that Kyra is going to experience to the cycles around us. So I'm trying to um, I'm I'm being intentional to try to bring in this idea of cycle more and more with with the way I talk. So even driving in the car, you know, we'll we'll mention something about the moon. And, you know, just yesterday we were talking about the moon and how it's connected to a woman's cycle. And those kinds of conversations tend to open up my oldest way more to to uh, this conversation and transition to womanhood in yeah. general. And she's she's going to be a little bit trickier I think than my 8-year-old who's, you know, willing to have any conversation and thinks it's still totally. funny and wants to talk about it. Yeah. Um so every every daughter is different and I and I get that. Um but it's it's my intentionality to share my journey with them age appropriately, but also to make sure that these conversations are happening all along all along the way and so it doesn't come down to just one conversation that right. feels really heavy totally. for both me the mother and then also for the daughter absolutely I think that that is the I think that's the heart of this because you know I mean I I and probably most people listening to this had a distinct sex talk with their parents or or you know whoever it was that that information came from maybe some people didn't have that they only got sex ed- education in school but a lot of us had like a you know distinct super awkward conversation that was probably the like our parents like psyched themselves up for that conversation for like six (laughs) months and then finally had it and then it was like we're never talking about Uh, this again you know totally and and for so many reasons like for some for some people that may have been because of their own shame or you know or just disconnection around their own sexuality for some people it may be like I just don't know how to have the conversation like I'm I'm comfortable with my own sexuality but I'm just I have no idea how to how to like live that out with with kids because that feels like a weird and like how do you navigate that right so I think it's so many of us are coming to it with with that and even if we are intending to be um open and conscious about these conversations with our daughters we really just don't know how to we just we just are like oh like how do you do that right and you know early on with my my son who's older we we were um exposed to a really great book series that is um you know, kind of cumulative sex education, right? So you, instead of like the awkward talk when they're eight or nine, you know, it's like, how, how do you start introducing these concepts over the course of their life in such a way that it's just part of the dialogue. It's just part of like, part of who we are as humans, part of our experience of the world, part of like being in a family is talking about this kind of stuff. This stuff isn't off the table. Um, And that's been super helpful for us to have that framework and that understanding that aids in that dialogue and yet even so that conversation is primarily about sex education it's not tying 
it to anything else or what that means. It's really about like making sure that our kids get to adolescence and like they know how to use a condom, (laughs) which is like helpful. And we need that. Practical. It's practical. But Mm -hmm. what else is there? Like you said, Mm -hmm. like when you, when you observed that power in birth, it's Mm -hmm. like, if this is only for birth, like physical birth, then well, that's, that's kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah. And, and, and the same is true of sex. Like if, if sex is just about, you know, procreation or avoiding procreation, um, oh, like that's, that's kind of a bummer, you know? So I, I love being able to expand this beyond the, the basics of sexual literacy and physiology, right? Um, it's, it's just really such an invitation. It is. Yeah, so for me, this really came um, to a head after um, I got my cycle back after my two-and-a-half-year-old was born. Right. And, you know, it had been years of either being pregnant or breastfeeding and not having a cycle, maybe a couple cycles in between kids. But when I knew that um, I was not going to have any more babies and my cycle came back after Arrow was born, I remember distinctly feeling so confused Mm. because there it was, and it was no longer about avoiding pregnancy or um, trying to get pregnant, which it had been about for years. Right. And your husband got a vasectomy, right? Right. So now you didn't have to like think about the practical aspect of your your fertility. And at that time I figured, well, I don't have to track my cycle anymore because why would I do that if I'm not avoiding pregnancy or trying to get pregnant? Yeah. Um, And I, I remember sitting with that first bleed after, after you know, so many years of, of having it be about that and sitting there and feeling so confused. And I knew in that moment that there must be something more mm. about this cycle. I, I knew that I was missing something really key. Um, and so that's, that was when my journey began on, okay, what else is there? Mm. Because shortly after that time was my, my oldest daughter was, you know, approaching her years of these conversations needing to happen and her body is changing. And I thought, okay, not only do I need to know for my own, um, my own soul, my own life, what is this about in my body? What else is this about, this cycle? But now I need to communicate this information to her. Mm-hmm. And I need, to, I need to be able to tell her more than you're going to bleed soon and that means you can get pregnant. Because yeah. that's all it ever meant to me. That's all yeah. I ever understood it as. Totally. Yeah, and most, and most women have only ever interacted with their cycle from the standpoint of, you know, the inconvenience of bleeding monthly and from the standpoint of either trying to get pregnant or trying to not get pregnant. So most of us are are obviously aware of when we're bleeding. Um, some of us are aware of when we're ovulating, particularly for practical purposes, right? But we are not, we are not in any way connected to or, under, or understanding any other part of the cycle or like what its implications are, like mm-hmm. what, what it means, how it flows together, why each part of the cycle is both essential and powerful. Right. So, yep. so it's really, like you said, you're like, now I'm bleeding and it, and I don't have to, like, I'm not trying to get pregnant and I don't need, need to worry about not getting pregnant because my husband got a vasectomy. Like, what, like what, are we what, doing is, here? what is this for? What are we doing like, here? Can we just fast forward to menopause? Right. And, and I, you know, in the women that I work with, I'd say 80% of them, you know, in, in the beginning, they say like, I would rather not have a period. And many of us have taken forms of birth control over the years that have, you know, eliminated that for us or, you know, or adjusted it in some way to make it more manageable. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, makes so much sense in our culture when naturally we see that as a limitation, we are we are trying to transcend that so Overcome that we can yeah. we can be the things that we need to be in you know quote unquote a man's world right, and and yet we're we're cutting ourselves off from this essential piece of who we are. And so then the question is like you you faced after Arrow was born, what is this? Yeah. Like what is this really? And and that's I think the <laughs> you know uh, uh, we're going to get more into into what. We, what we want to um, bring women into and, and help them bring their daughters into, but really it's this understanding of the cycle actually being this like potent, powerful center of who we are and it being, like you said, an invitation, not a limitation. Um, and so the, the implications of that, like if we think about, you know, the cycle and its, um, its physical attributes, right? The, the, the attributes we're most... Um, aware of or accustomed to are obviously the bleeding and the ovulation. 
Um, those are the physical, you know, the sort of the, the peak or obvious physical attributes of the cycle. What do those represent on other levels? What do those mean for us emotionally? What do those mean for us spiritually? What do those mean for us creatively? There's a lot to explore there. And there's, and there's so much to explore there, even for women who maybe aren't menstruating because they're pregnant or they're, mm-hmm. they've been breastfeeding on and off for years. Or, you know, there's some other perhaps medical reason why they don't menstruate, you know, um, being able to, to see that there, there's this shifting energy within us that is very, very conducive to what we want to bring into the world, right? And we experience that in pregnancy. That's mm-hmm. the physical version, you know, the, the physical adaptation of that. And then there's all these different ways that that comes to life as well. So, so why don't you just share a little bit about what that's, what that exploration has looked like for you over the last little while? Yeah, well, it has completely blown my mind, completely blown my mind. Because there are so many years, you know, when I think about my daughter, there's going to be years of her menstruating before she's thinking about well, you know, I'm hopefully, hopefully <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm not going to get pregnant. I'm going to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, it blew, it blew my mind to realize that, um, the, the, that the seasons of my cycle. So in a, let's say 28 day period that these different, my body, there's actually a physical cycle that is supporting my emotional, spiritual, um, entrepreneur mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And that, um, that as I tuned into my cycle, so I started tracking again, Yeah. you know, I thought, oh, I don't need to track. Well, actually now I'm tracking how I'm feeling and now I'm Mm -hmm. tracking, um, you know, what else is going on in my life? How does my body feel? How does my heart feel? How does my mind feel? And starting, I'm starting to see the, the rhythms and the patterns that are actually supporting my, you know, what I'm birthing in my life. There's so many things I'm, I'm not birthing babies, but there's things that are birthing in my life that I'm so excited about. And so this cycle that used to support physical birth is now supporting the things that I'm birthing in my business, in my Mm. family life, in my spiritual life. And so it's beautiful because it's not an end, you know, I'm not birthing babies, but this is actually now supporting, um, this whole different part of my life. Yeah. And so it's been really life-changing. Yeah, it's so life-changing. I've, uh, you know, really experienced a similar transition where um, after Etni, that's when it happened for me too. And, you know, I got my cycle back right around when she was seven months old. And for me, that has always signaled it's kind of a disappointing thing because when I get my cycle back, my milk supply is really affected. And I've experienced that, um, you know, with each pregnancy um, or with each postpartum. And, you know, so initially I had like just even this sort of disappointment bordering on like devastation of like, oh, I thought it was going to be different this time. And, you know, what does that mean for our nursing relationship? And, you know, we'd worked so hard to establish nursing in the beginning and all, you know, that's that's another story. But um, it really I think it the the um, the poignancy of that conversation really invited me into exploring more deeply, like okay, what is, what is it going to be like to bleed again, right? And knowing that this was probably also going to be our last one, like what, is, mm-hmm. what does that look like to move, you know, through the next probably 15 years of my life where I'm just like bleeding for no, for no reason, you know, right. exactly what you were asking. Um, and it's, it was really a, a, for me, journeys are always slow. <laughs> I just like... I, I don't know if it's like my personality or what it is, but you know, I, every, everything that I do in life, I'm just like this slow percolator and, you know, I, I tend to make decisions slowly, um, or to, you know, to sit with them for a long time yeah. before, before I make them. You're mindful. I, oh, well, thank you. That's a good way to put it. I can also be, um, you know, I can also like slow myself down. I can hold myself back. Right. I can also, um, prevent myself from moving into something because I'm because I'm afraid of not having thought it through enough or not having um, really you know understood it fully. Mm. Um, and I think that you know the awakening that has happened in me in the last it's really been um, twelve months that kind of like the acceleration of it has mm-hmm. happened. Um, I mean, that's not the beginning of the journey. We all we all know sure. everything leads to those moments where the acceleration happens. But it's been the last twelve months that I've experienced that acceleration of of 
just so much healing in my own life, in my own body, in my own um, understanding of myself, the healing in relationships with my partner, with, you know, with my mother, with my kids. I mean, mm-hmm. massive transformations in each of those areas. And, and in doing so, realizing like, oh, I, you know, sometimes we want healing to be a lot of work. Right. Like it's almost like if you haven't been in therapy for 10 years, you don't deserve to be healed. Right. (laughs) And and this is a beautiful, beautiful thing about the cycle and probably the thing that I've tapped into more than anything else. There's been a lot of creative um, breakthroughs and a lot of other things that have come from attuning to my cycle. But the most powerful thing that has come for me has been allowing healing to happen, allowing release to happen Mm. and realizing that this this part of our cycle where we bleed where we where our bodies physically let go of what is no longer needed right we didn't need it we didn't we didn't make a baby we don't need this we're going to let it go right is is has such profound implications for our entire system's ability to release and let go and surrender what we what isn't mm-hmm. serving us what isn't what is no longer a necessary part of the system, right? And so that has been the most profound aspect of this attunement to my cycle for me. And watching that happen in ways that have just like work I've tried to do for years and years and years and just, you know, continually feeling like I'm just not getting there. I'm just not getting it. And just breaking through to a new level of like, no, I can, I can heal. I can let this go. It doesn't have to be so hard Mm. it doesn't have to take years and years I don't have to like understand it with my mind I actually have a system designed to do this I have a system that is like created and 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 perfectly designed to facilitate release and so I my my whole I mean my period like and, and I don't even call it my period anymore um you know I, I call it my my moon time and we'll talk a little bit more about why why that um but that's the the part of my cycle that I look forward to the most because I know that I am I am moving towards a time of of surrender and release Mm -hmm. and I will actually feel throughout my cycle what it is that I need to let go of and 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 what I experience during my bleed is not always exactly what I thought it would be or anticipate it can look a lot of different ways but it is always powerful and and the healing and the release that happens is just it's it's indescribable and the reason it's indescribable is because it's not actually comprehensible to the mind it's Mm. not an intellectual process you know I'm you know I may journal or I may do other things that engage my mind and sort of help integrate on those different levels but what's happening is really not an intellectual process it's so incredible it's so incredible and that's so good and I just want to draw Um, a comparison because what you're describing is that this bleed that us women a lot of us experience every month has the ability to heal Mm -hmm. which is so profound because our bodies are wired to heal Um, and what a contrast between what was taught to us as young premenstrual girls Mm -hmm. which which for most of us I know for me it almost was a shameful thing Mm. it's something that you hide your blood yeah. So I remember when I first, my first period, I remember feeling so inconvenienced because I was going to the beach that day. And I thought, oh, no, like this is going to completely get in, in the way of my life. Yeah. Like I, I, I just need to avoid this altogether. So as I think I was 13 and I immediately skipped pads altogether because I knew that pads were going to be a limitation. Yeah. And I went for some tampons and I no idea how to do it, but figured out in the bathroom by myself how to put a tampon in so that this blood would not get in the way of my life. Mm. And, um, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it didn't. I went to the beach that day and it was fine. Um, but that, that story represents the way that I've looked at my blood mm-hmm. all of these years. Right. I'll, I'll manage you. I'll make sure that you don't get in the way of anything. Yeah. I won't, I, you know, I won't let you... I won't let you out because it's kind of an icky, shameful thing. Right. And I'll just pretend you don't exist. Mm-hmm. And so what, now to come full circle to your story of, of, of saying that your blood is actually an invitation every month to release and let go and heal mm-hmm. is so profound. Right. And that's the story I want to teach my daughters. Yeah. Because if I don't claim that story for myself, then I can't give them a new story. Mm-hmm. 
And I have to somehow, you know, express to them that this is what their body is going to do. And if I don't have healing and um, if I haven't come to terms in my own soul with this being a a gift, a healing gift, then they're not, you know, that that message will not will not land with them. Yeah. If you're not embodying that connection, Mm -hmm. it's I mean, you could say it all day long. Right. It's just going to be like, cool. My mom's, you know, my mom's crazy. Right. I mean, and that's. Yeah, that's the reality. Like we don't I mean, we know this. We know this about parenting in general. Like you can teach or you can model, you know, you can you can live a way of life that will deeply impact your children and, you know, the world around you. Or you can like watch you can walk around, you know, preaching um, to, you know, to the people in your life. And and they know people know our children deeply, deeply. know If we are if we are authentically living something or They're not. They're intuitive, smart little beings. They really, really are. It's it's incredible what our children pick up on. And it's incredible to watch, you know, my two and a half year old daughter who <laughs> I use reusable pads now and that's that's a story for another time. Um, but for me that really helps me connect with what's happening in my body and it also helps me create some ritual around around that experience. And so my daughter interacts with with me, you know, during my moon time, she is very, very curious about it. And it's so funny because it, it, it so dramatically brings up memories that I have of my childhood of, you know, my mother locking the bathroom door. And a couple times, like I did walk in on her, not necessarily, you know, interacting with, with her period, but just like her, you know, screaming and slamming the door, like, you know, she didn't want us to see her, her naked. She definitely didn't want us to see, you know, her, her body. Um, and, and just to like invite my daughter into not just my own, like not just to seeing my body, but to like the really intimate inner workings of my body is it's like, it makes me emotional because it's just, um, she's, and, and she's probably not experiencing it as, as anything profound. And that's probably the point that this is just normal. This is just like, part of life this is what this is what you know mom experiences this is what I will experience and I'm part of it like I'm part of it now I'm not um you know she asks me questions she'll you know she'll like she'll see the blood in the toilet and you know we we talk about how not all blood means that there's there's pain right how it's it's like childbirth in that way you know we're we're there's these different experiences that we have in the world and most of us associate blood with you know injury right and so it naturally can be frightening for a child like they see blood on their body that means something's wrong right Mm -hmm. so why is why is mommy bleeding and that's okay right so it's like how can we bring our daughters into that from an early age so that they're not seven eight years old and going Mm that either scared of it or grossed out by it or whatever that looks like it's really it's incredible to see how that's possible I'm I'm watching in a two and a half year old Mm -hmm. that she is like getting it, you know, on the level that she can. Yeah. 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 That's so important. So it's, it's such a, it's a pretty simple practice to, to be able to integrate this way of being to mm-hmm. just, you know, open the door of the bathroom is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and invite a little one in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I love how, um, recently on Instagram, a, a mama chimed in on one of the womb Wednesday conversations where we kind of talk about these, these things. And she said, you know, I'm, I'm just realizing that, you know, we, we normally in our house, we, if it's yellow, we let it mellow. Um, but when I bleed, I, you know, I automatically flush because I'm, you know, I'm, I think it's, even though I, you know, she's a, she's a woman's health practitioner. She's like, I don't think, I don't actually intellectually think it's gross, but somehow I'm still embodying that. And, and she thinks that her husband thinks it's gross. So she talked to him. She's like, are, are you okay with me leaving blood in the toilet? He's like, oh, I don't care. And, you know, we're, all this stuff we can be making up about it as well, mm-hmm. right? That, you know, our kids would be scared or our husbands would be grossed out. When, is that really true? Do we really know that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much opportunity, so much possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really, really amazing. So we are... Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, Jess and I are are going to be collaborating on something together, which is um, something I'm just so excited about and feel like I've been um, 
I feel like this is the work that I've been waiting for and it's been waiting for me. And, and we've been talking about it like um, that concept that Liz Gilbert talks about in her book. She wrote a book called Big Magic and it's a book about creativity and um, and it's a really just a fun read no matter like what you do for a living or, or like what you're who you are. Um, she talks about ideas as these like they're like these little entities, these little spirits, and they come around and they like knock and they are they're determined to have their way. They're determined to manifest in the world. Right. And so they come and they say, like, I think that I want to, you know, to come to life through you. And and then they'll like they'll give you a little window of opportunity. Like, are you going to are you going to take me in? Are you going to like go with this? And then if if you say no, or if, if you're, if you're languishing or if you're sabotaging or if, you know, whatever, they'll just go, okay, cool. Like it, you do you, I'm going to do me. I got to go. I got to go find, I got to find a human who's willing because this yeah. thing needs to happen. Absolutely. And so we feel that way about this. We yeah. feel like the idea came knocking and it is like, it is pressing and, and burning and, mm-hmm. and just like, so, so vital and ready to come to life. And so, um, we're, really excited to be offering what we think will be a, a really powerful experience for women who want to, who, who are listening to this and are like, yes, um, either potentially I'm on this journey and I want to figure out how to have the, these same conversations with my daughter. I want to learn to embody this so that it's, it's a reality for her or potentially you're listening and you're like, I have never even heard about what you guys are talking about, but this sounds incredible. Like I hate my period mm. and I'm, you know, I know that that's what I'm going to pass on to my daughter. If that's, if you know, that's, that's where so many of us are or have been or are in some, you know, some stage of that, that process of, of, um, you know, disconnection or reconnection or, or whatever that looks like. And so we really want to create a space for women that can, that can really empower them to guide their daughters and to accompany their daughters. I love the word accompany because, you know, that we get so caught up in like, what do I need to teach them? What do I need to communicate to them? What do I need to tell them? You know, what do I need to show them? And in reality, like we're talking about, it's it's about embodying this ourselves. And yes, there are conversations and yes, there are, you know, moments and things that need to be need to be taught, but it's really about a way of life. And it's yeah. about doing this work yourself so that you can actually offer your daughter something different than what was given to you. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit more about kind of what we're what we're building. Yeah. So we're, we're building an immersive online, um, group currently that we want to invite you into. And it's going to be a six session group Mm -hmm. that's going to go through what we believe to be some of the main topics, some of which we've covered today, but the main, the, the main ways to embody this way of life that is going to pass something different onto our daughters. So it is centered around the cycle And the idea is to empower you mamas to be able to accompany your daughters in connecting with her own body and then also connecting with the power of the feminine cycle at any age. Yeah. So you might be, you might be like me and you have a 12 year old who's right on the cusp and you're feeling that deep urgency of like, oh, oh gosh, like it matters right now. And this course may be feeling like it's too late. You may be feeling like it's too late, but I want to assure you that it is not too Mm -hmm. late. And so this course is for you. It's also for the mama that has the young daughters, you know, and I can, I can think back to when I was that mama and I was having daughters and I was, I was a little afraid. How do I, how do I pass on this understanding of, of femininity? And I don't really understand it myself, but I know there's something more. Yeah. This is also for you because this is, this is the kind of content that we're going to get into. It's a way of being, it's a way of embodying your feminine power and connecting to your feminine cycle in a way that's going to facilitate the conversations necessary to be able to offer that to your daughter. Yeah, absolutely. And and doing so in a way that's going to be organic to your family. It's not about like, here's a script, you know, these are the things mm-hmm. you need to talk about. It's really going to be about an authentic and meaningful um, integration of, of this this way of seeing your own self, your own body, your own cycle, and bringing that into whatever your family dynamic it is, whatever your relationship with your daughter or daughters looks like. Um, and, and I, you know, like some people might be like worried that it's too late. It's also never too early. You know, I think that the power of this, and, and I'm 
witnessing this, like I shared with my own daughter, so much of the power in this is in embodying it throughout their lives so that they don't get to, you know, 8, 10, 12, and they're already just like, now now they also have deconstructing to do, you know, to get to a point of being able to embrace sort of the fullness of, of this potential. Um, and really bringing our daughters up in this from the very beginning in, in meaningful ways that, that make sense and that are, are really going to have an impact. And that's, that's what we've been putting together, both from our own experience, from, you know, training that we've done, from research that we're doing. Um, we really want to bring women into an immersive experience of this um, that, that is also communal, right, where we can mm-hmm. be in this together because this isn't about Jess and I saying, like, look at all of our 25-year-old daughters that are perfect. It's mm-hmm. about, like, we're on this journey. We're in it with we you. We are so deeply on this journey and we have no choice like uh, you know I think we both feel that way it's like we don't have a choice but to be on this path we don't have a choice but to um you know I can't help wanting something better for my daughter I can't turn that off I cannot turn that off and so I'm going to this is what I'm going to spend my my life doing you know and and for me I have you know a, a daughter that will still be in my home for many many years and I'm so excited about the opportunity to give her something different. Um, so, you know, I think a, who this is for is really any woman who feels ill-equipped to have challenging conversations needed um, for our daughters to grow up feeling empowered and, and connected to their femininity. Um, it's women who don't want their daughters to have to heal from the same kinds of disconnection and trauma and shame that so many of us experience, right? Maybe because of um, the way you were raised or, um, you know, teachings that you were exposed to or um, maybe even sexual trauma that you experienced throughout your childhood or adolescence that really, really marked you and kind of cut you off from from that connection to your body. Um, whatever that looks like, we, you know, even if you're still really in the thick of that, this is, this is a, a beautiful place for you to come in and begin that healing journey so that you can offer something different to your daughter. Um, it's it's for women who are tired of feeling like their cycle is a curse. It's a limitation that it's holding them back in a, in this world um, where, you know, we often embody a lot of masculine traits to be able to be in the workplace and, you know, do the things that we want to do in our lives. Um, for women that are just tired of doing that, they, they sense, and maybe you've sensed it for a long time, maybe you're sensing it for the first time in this conversation that there's something more that their femininity and that the power and potential of that actually represents a, an incredible gift and um, a gift that only we have. <laughs> um, something that's so cool, I've been doing a lot of research around intuition and um, I have a, if you go to my website, you can, I just have a little free email guide on kind of the science of intuition. And um, I don't know if you know this, but women actually, we are, you know, I mean, we sense this, we kind of experience this in the world, but it's, it's very scientifically shown that women are actually more intuitive. Um, we have a, the way our, the brain is, um, we have greater access to a part of our brain that is essentially where intuitive messages are, are created and interacted with. And so it's, you know, like if you've, be, if you've had a baby or if you've been to a birth, you know that that's true. You're like, what the hell like Mm -hmm. how 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 does you know both the birthing women and the women attending it's like the intuition levels are just off 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 the charts and that is so deeply connected to who we are as women that's a gift that we bring to the world that many of us are actually subduing or or completely avoiding or rejecting right Mm -hmm. instead of tapping into that instead of realizing that this is this is part of what we offer to the world yeah. Um, that's, that's not just for our own benefit, but actually benefits the world around us. Yeah. So that's, that's so it. good. And that intuition that you're talking about that can sometimes in, you know, in what, in different circles maybe seem woo woo or, you know, how do you access it? Yeah. The, the amazing thing to me, and, and this is what we're talking about is that our own cycle in our bodies grounds that it actually is like the playground for mm-hmm. our intuition to come to life. Totally. And so this is, this is the kind of information that we want to we want to transmit to our daughters. This is what mm-hmm. you're being invited into. Like right. that makes me so excited for the conversations ahead with my oldest. Yeah. How amazing that I get to I get to introduce her to that. Right. 
Yeah, that she gets to like, it's like unlocking a new video, a new level in a video game like, <laughs> totally. where you have new powers. It's like a superpower. Like, you have new powers now. In in the last level, you could only like kick the demigorgon and now you can like, you know, now you have a flamethrower. I mean, yes. it's, it's a big, it's a big upgrade. <laughs> it, it really is. is. It is. I mean, that's, that is my experience of it. I mean, the more I tap into this, the more I'm literally like, I feel like I'm on like intuition steroids. Like I... The, the stuff that I'm capable of, of intuiting and then manifesting in my life is just like, just, it's exponential at this point, you know, um, and, and this project is, feels part of that, right? Mm-hmm. To, you know, from where we started this conversation just a couple months ago for what has already taken shape and taken form and taken life since then is really testament to this this alignment with that creative yeah. power, right? The creative potential of the feminine cycle. Yeah, alignment. Yeah. That's a great word to yeah. describe what we're talking about. Alignment with our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. With our intuition. Yeah. Um, so so here's kind of, just to give you guys a little more information about the actual you know, content and format of what we're doing, um, some of the things that we're going to cover um, in, in great detail, um, there'll be uh, a lot of a lot of teaching, but then there'll also be um, interactive workbooks and and integrations for you as you go through the process. Um, we'll be talking about the foundations of the feminine cycle, so everything we've been, kind of been talking about in this episode and and what that looks like to actually um, connect with and and align with your cycle and understand its deeper implications as well as how it's connected to the cycles around us in the world, the cycles of the moon, um, the seasons around us, learning to understand um, the, the seasonal aspects of, of our own physical cycles and how our energies shift throughout that. Um, that will sort of be the, the baseline of the, um, the course. And then, and then so really getting into that for yourself, but then also understanding how that applies to your daughter, even if she's five years old and she's like nowhere near having what we would, you know, call her own actual cycle in terms of hormones. Right. Mm-hmm. But has seeing how she's already she's already living and is already a cyclical being yeah. that has this potential and can begin to form this understanding. Um, do you want to talk about the yeah i'll let you take over the rest of those the next the next um lesson that we'll get into is healing through the maternal lineage so melissa mentioned this earlier in our conversation but why why connecting with your maternal lineage matters and how healing yourself and that journey of going through your own healing as as i shared with you will affect your relationship with your daughter yeah and so we're going to lead you through some practices to be able to um deconstruct if you need to some of the ways that uh, maybe you understood femininity or or you understood your cycle and then um, create some space for healing so that the conversations with your daughter you you can you can come without that baggage yeah absolutely the third lesson we're going to talk about archetypes yay and I'm just going to tell you a story um, about this because this was so exciting and it just happened this past week Um, so Basically, we're going to talk about expanding this idea of feminine to, to be able to hold many different archetypes or ways of, ex- you know, archetypes are just expressions of your, your being, your personality. So I was driving in the car with my four daughters. And again, I'm, I'm always trying to find little spaces where I can open up conversation. And I'm being sensitive to Kyra because she's just not that open to the conversation. And I want to honor that. But I started talking about archetypes. And I started out with some movies that they all are... Um, they all know. And there's, you know, there's always the, the, a predictable, maybe female character, princess character. And so that's an archetype. And that you can that mm-hmm. shows up in many of the movies that our kids watch or, or shows. And then I was explaining to her and the other girls that your own self, you have a lot of different expressions of yourself. You, you know, sometimes you feel kind of wild and crazy. And sometimes you feel maybe kind of shy and you just kind of want to be alone. Sometimes you might feel like, um, you know, really studious or smart or you want to read there's all of these different ways that you feel you don't have to pick just one and so Mm -hmm. I was I was actually explaining archetypes you know in in the actual definition and and why they matter and where they show up in their life and Kyra was very engaged and then I started talking about the our female cycle and how the cycle actually supports these different archetypes that you can embody and it actually supports these different expressions of yourself. And that's one of the ways that the cycle has been so powerful for me hmm. is that it helps to support these different aspects of my being. And sometimes 
one archetype is stronger and sometimes one art, you know, then I move to maybe a different archetype and it helps me to understand myself and it's my own cycle doing that. And Kyra was so engaged with me the entire time. I knew when the conversation needed to end, but she looked over at me and she said, mom, will you bring this up again? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. When you shared that with me, I was just floored. It makes me tear up because there was this window into her heart because somehow Already, culture has taught her to kind of dread this cycle that's coming. Yeah. And so using these tools that we've, we've created is actually opening up her heart to be able to understand it in a different way. Yeah. And to give herself permission, right? That's what we're doing when we, see, when we see this sort of the full potential of the feminine range. Then we give ourselves poten- or permission to embody all these different ways of being. Yeah. And, and no one is better than the other. No one limits the others. They're all... They're all part of who we are, and they all have permission to express. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's archetypes. I'm really excited about I know, that I'm one. So excited. <laughs> um, the next one um, is called "Consent Isn't Just About Sex." Yes. Yeah. And we're going to learn how um, to help your daughter connect with her own voice and agency. Whether she's deciding what she wants to eat for breakfast, whether she's deciding what kind of friend she wants to hang out with. And whether she's deciding what she wants to do with her body. Mm. So this, this is something I talk about with my girls a lot. It's letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Consent isn't just about sex. It's not just about protecting girls from boys. And we're going to unpack that more. Yeah. And that does connect back to, um, to your cycle and to connecting with your own voice so that your own archetypes can be expressed and supported by your own physical cycle. Yeah. So that's going to be a good one, too. I know. That's <laughs> going to be a really good one. The next one is about community, because we can't do this alone. And for, for all of history, women have been experiencing this cycle and this feminine power together. Mm-hmm. And we live in a pretty independent, isolated world. And so we really need to talk about how we can support each other in community. And so we are going to dive into that. But let me just say that personally, this piece has been guiding for me. It has changed my life to live my life in a way that I, that I am surrounded by community and I choose my community and intentionally um, live into that space. Yeah. So I, I frequently gather with dear friends who also have girls. We have nine girls between us and we gather these girls together to talk about these things weekly because this really matters. And so we're going to share some of the ways that you can do that as well so that you feel supported and that your daughter feels supported. Yeah. Amazing. We're going to end with ritual and integration. And so we want to anchor all of these topics in a way that actually makes sense for your life. So this isn't just a bunch of great information that you're nodding and agreeing with, but we want to help you integrate this into the everyday already existing rhythms. So this isn't going to feel heavy. This isn't going to be a complete shift of how you need to do things, but we're going to, we're going to offer easy ways to be able to bring this information to your dinner table or to your walk to school? What are you already doing? And how can we build intention around that that is actually going to um, support your daughter and support you as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, It's, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but I'm, I'm so excited about all of this because it's, um, so much of this is obviously coming from our, our own experience with our daughters and also, you know, the work and the training that we've done. But so much of this, you know, is coming from the conversations I'm having with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Womb Wednesday, so many of you guys have been asking about, like, what about our daughters? And, you know, how, how does this look? And these conversations, all of all of this that we're going to be getting into in this program is is like taking taking it to the next level. I mean, it's really going to be an incredible experience. Um, it will be really immersive. It will be, you know, Jess and I will be guiding it and it will be very communal. Um, so we're really excited about that. So the program is going to actually start on September 3rd, which is a Tuesday. It's going to, um, be, there'll be six, um, virtual live video sessions. Um, those will be 90 minutes long. And it's so uh, it'll be every Tuesday at 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You don't need to remember all that because this is all going to be on the website. Um, but just, you know, so you know, that's kind of the, the basic gist of it. We'll have um, Q&As in each of those sessions where we can hear from you guys, connect with you, really kind of um, drop in to the challenges, the everyday pieces that are that 
make this so, you know, so overwhelming for so many of us, whether it's our own healing and, and, and the work there or specifics with our daughters, whatever that looks like. Um, and then there'll also be weekly exercises for, for personal integration and also integrating things into your family flow and with your, into your relationship with your daughter. So it's going to be really, really practical. Um, but also really personally transformative. And that's what that's what we want. We want women to go away from this having some really practical handholds, some things that they're like, I, I know um, I know how I feel confident to start really, really embodying this differently. And I also feel like my own healing journey is unfolding. That's really what we want for women to experience and, and are confident that they will experience that. Um, so we... Our, we have sort of a temporary um, website up for signing up for this group that starts in September. Um, and that's, you can go to Moon Daughters. You know, we haven't even talked about we the haven't. name. We need to <laughs> we announce have, the I name. Know, we need Drum to roll. Announce the name. <laughs> Drum roll. Exactly. It's kind of should have done that closer to the beginning. Um, we are calling this Moon Daughters. And the reason for that is that we really want to bring women and, and our daughters into this understanding of how we and our, our our very essence our very nature is connected to the cycles around us um and and particularly the cycle of the moon and so we are you know we see ourselves and we see our daughters as as daughters of the moon and and being connected to that to that grand um cycle that mirrors our own in some really powerful ways and we will definitely be getting into that in the program as well um, so that you have a greater and deeper understanding of what that looks like and what that means for you and why it's not just like you know some woo-woo spiritual idea but something that actually will really really transform your life in mm-hmm. in in practical everyday ways yeah. um, so moondaughters.com is where you can go and actually sign up for this group um, we are doing an early bird and early bird pricing is going to end on august 26th um, early bird pricing for the group is 199 dollars um, and after august 26th it's going to go up to 247 so we'd love for you to get that early bird price we're also only going to take 40 people in this first group um, so there's definitely going to be limited seats, so don't wait to mm-hmm. sign up because we've, I mean, the amount of people that we have already just asking us about mm-hmm. this and the people that we've kind of leaked it out to and had conversations with, um, I know it's, people are going to be really excited about getting involved, so. Yeah, and the idea is to, um, you know, be able to really cultivate a community within this program, and um, and so we are only taking 40. We will have a, a, a Facebook group yep. where the connection between mamas as well as us, is really important and really rich, and you're going to have a space to learn from um, your group members as well. Yep, absolutely. And Jess and I will be doing a follow-up conversation on Instagram next week. Um, so if you have questions about this and you want to ask those before you you know, know if, you, if this is going to be right for you, um, then that totally makes sense. We're going to do that conversation on, let me double-check the calendar... It's going to be on August 13th at 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that'll be a great place to pop in and ask us any questions you have about the program or how it works or, you know, all of those things. To answer a couple of inevitable questions right now, um, the the live sessions will be recorded and sent to all participants. So if, you know, if you're looking and you're like, gosh, Tuesdays is not great for me or, you know, I would only be able to make it to some of the live sessions, that's totally fine. You will be able to... Um, you know, get that same content and, um, and be part of the group, even if you can't make it to all the calls. So, um, again, we'll do an Instagram live follow-up on August 13th. That's next Tuesday at 9:30 AM, where we just answer your guys' questions and, and, um, help you, help you know if this is going to be awesome for you, which the answer is going to be, yes, yes, it is going to be awesome for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are we are just so so excited about this. Um, again, you can head to moondaughters.com um, to sign up for the group starting September third, and we just we're just so excited to see where this goes. We have lots of amazing things um, kind of in the pipeline for the future, but this just feels like the right way to begin this journey with our community and, and bringing women into this really powerful, transformative process that, that we've been on and mm-hmm. we want to continue to be on with you. So, yeah. um, Jess, 
is there anything else that you would, just from the wisdom that you bring and the experiences that you've had of raising these four, what you call mighty girls, is there anything mm. that you would just want to drop and, and leave with the women who are listening today? Yeah, what I want to say is that for, I want to speak to the mama out there that feels a little overwhelmed by all of this. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're connecting with it, but you're like, gosh, this train has left the station and yeah. this all sounds great. I just don't know how this applies to my family or me. And I want to say this, I truly believe and have experienced that the, the, the wisdom, the courage, everything you need is inside of you. You mm-hmm. have it. And you have what you, you have what it takes to mother your daughters. And we're here as midwives, as guides, as accompanying women, mm-hmm. as accompanying mothers. So I want to speak to that and say that it, it is in you. And we are all on a journey together to unveil the, the beauty that is there and unveil the feminine power that is there yeah. and, and ground it and connect it and live it out in a way that I think is, changes the world. Like, I think this is so powerful. This way of yeah. being is so powerful. So I'm excited to journey with all of you. I'm excited to meet you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I'm so grateful for this community. I'm grateful for the ways that all of you mamas have have opened your your hearts and your lives and your conversations to me and have have been on this journey with me as well. And so this is this is sort of a a next, you know, iteration or or evolution of of the work that I've been doing for the last few years. And I'm just so excited to see where this goes. Um, so if you don't already connect with me on Instagram at motherbirth.co, um, that we'll be having lots more conversations about this as, as well as the Instagram live next Tuesday. Um, so if you don't just connect with me over there and thank you guys so much for listening today. I'm, um, really grateful to have you on the show with me, Jess, grateful to be on this journey with you and really, really excited to bring moon daughters to life in the world. So grateful. Thank you, Melissa. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Mother Birth. A special thanks to our editors, sponsors, and guests for this week's show. To learn more about working with me one-on-one or in one of my online courses or group programs, connect with me on Instagram at motherbirth.co or at my website, www.motherbirth.co, where you'll also find amazing community conversations and free resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. This show is created by Melissa Reeves, and it is intended as general information that does not constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with a primary care provider with respect to your medical care if you are pregnant, planning to become pregnant, or are in the postpartum period. In this episode, I may use affiliate links to products and services that I know and trust. These are products I have personal experience with and believe that they will benefit this community. When you use these links, Motherbirth receives a small commission. What you pay for the product or service doesn't change at all. It's the same price. If I share something that includes a discount code, I may still receive an affiliate commission without affecting the discount offered to you. Thank you for supporting the show.